Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your hosts, Mike Fagan and Tim Ben. We're opinion, fact, informative, and your alert system. Now let's get ready to rumble. Good day once again, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for rejoining Mike and Tim on Taxes, Tyrants, and Tinsel, this Tuesday episode here on Right Spokane Perspective. Now, at the end of a meal to mark Passover, a traditional Jewish holiday that celebrates and remembers the greatness of God's saving work, church members express their joy by dancing together in a circle. Barry stood back, watching with a huge smile. He remarked how he loved these occasions, saying, This is my family now. This is my community. I found somewhere where I know I can love and be loved where I belong. In his childhood, Barry suffered cruel emotional and physical abuse, robbing him of his joy. But his local church welcomed him and introduced him to Jesus. Finding their unity and joy infectious, he began following Christ and felt loved and accepted. In Psalms 133, King David used powerful images to illustrate the far-reaching effects of the good and pleasant unity of God's people. He said it's like someone who is anointed with precious oil the liquid running down over their collar. This anointing was common in the ancient world, sometimes as a greeting when one entered a home. David also compared this unity to the dew that falls on the mountains, bringing life and blessing. Oil releases a fragrance that fills a room, and dew brings moisture to dry places. Unity, too, has good and pleasant effects, such as welcoming those who are alone. Let's seek to be united in Christ so that God can bring about good through us. You know the drill, folks. Father God, you are a loving God. Help us to show your love not only to those we find easy to accept, but also those that we find challenging. In your son's Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, man. Those we find challenging. Yeah, there's... (laughs) A few of those. I think we should get the tinsel out of the way on this uh, tyrants, taxes, and uh, tinsel Tuesday. I think the tinsel out of the way first is that I really have nothing to report on Christmas shopping numbers. We've talked about it on the show. Right. I've seen so many different sources and articles and information, mostly predictions about, oh, they're going to have uh, tons of people the final week right before Christmas. We're going to have, you know, record shoppers is what's predicted. And But then you're looking in the financial news and you're looking at store chains that are looking at possible bankruptcies. You know, they're looking at huge losses and considering reformatting their business models. And, you know, so who knows what's going to happen. I guess it's kind of like, you know, maybe by New Year's, we, we see, you know, out with the old, in with the new, and it's going to be out with uh, the old box stores and uh, in with at least a new year of who knows what. Oh, you bet, man. Because that's kind of the, the news for big box retailers and online retailers is who knows what. Yep. Exactly, man. And you know, the thing of it is too, is in light of the fact that we just got done reporting this last week on friendly fraud, if you will, you know, uh, the credit card thing, and then, you know, uh, contesting the credit card purchase because you don't recall if it was you or not, or whatever the case, I am hoping that our retailers are going to see a lot more sales and a lot less returns for credit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would, that would probably be good for the retailers. Well, and you know, another thing going on, I think this Christmas season is going to be a lot of people, you know, taking their new products out of the package and putting them back on the porch for the porch pirates. So <laughs> could get, very well be find a way to get the criminals to actually do something useful and take out the trash. <laughs> there you go, man. There you go. Buy, buy a new toaster, put the old broken one. That's only kind of halfway working on a few of the spots to 
cook your toast, put it in the box, give it to the porch pirates. You know, just. there you are, and there's your tinsel for today, ladies. Yeah, and gentlemen. that's the tinsel. <laughs> All right, now we're down to a little bit of more serious business, and what we are talking about, ladies and gentlemen, unbeknownst to Mike and Tim, yesterday was the turn-in date locally here at an unnamed hotel. We had an individual from the folks that comprise Let's Go Washington. Again, these are the this is a group that's got the eleven statewide initiatives out there. They were here in town yesterday all day at a hotel to pick up the initiatives, etc. They have subsequently left. And what Tim and I wanted to do this morning is to strongly encourage you folks to log on to letsgowa.com. Again, that'll be letsgowa.com. That way you guys can come up with a address with which you can use to express mail and when i say express mail we're talking about overnight or second day mail to the address if all else fails look up the secretary of state on the web and get the secretary of state's address from the web and send your petition copies to them you know right on the back of those initiatives there's a section where you need to fill it out if you were the one that collected those signatures you need to fill out that box and i believe it's right below that box on all the initiatives is the address that you can next day ship that now i don't know if you should mail it or not because rumors are the post office you know not during election time of course but right after elections and and, and to now <laughs> or, the post or office maybe is two having, years later the, right the, exactly the post office is having major difficulties keeping up with people's mail even myself we had to pay our uh, utility bills online because uh, we didn't receive our mail oh my goodness so you know that's something that's going on in our neighborhood at least i i hear that there's uh, major shortages for the u.s postal you know crews out there so you know there's other shortages things we're going to be talking about too having to do with government work and uh, infrastructure if you will oh yeah um because you know now that you now that you mention it you know having a problem getting some mail and getting it timely you know i I, for one, you know, at the end of the month, we're paying our Avista bill, we're paying our city utility bill, and then within a week after I send the check out, I'm getting the new bill in. Finally getting the bill. Yeah, Yeah. and, you know, here it is, the 20th of the month, and I just got my Avista and my city utility bill just a couple of days ago. Right, and it was due a couple days ago. (laughs) No, it's due at the end of the month. So, um... (laughs) You know, it, it's, but it's weird because I used to weird. get it in the first, you know, week and a half of the month. Now I'm getting it uh, the last two weeks of the month. You know, again, it's there's just a little delay, and and I'm just affirming that based on yeah. my experience. Yeah, there is a delay. So you uh, these initiatives, let's go Washington initiatives. You might not want to mail them. You might want to ship them so that yes. you can actually use a surface that a service that will get them there the next day. Yeah, you betcha. And not only that, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, we have just got to know and assume at this point that you've got all. All 11, and even if you got 11 different sheets, 11 different initiatives there, that's going to comprise a pretty thick USPS envelope, if right, you will. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, you know, Tim is absolutely FedEx, correct, that man. thing, or, Put or that, UPS yeah. or something. Put that stuff in a box. Hopefully, right. you got thousands of signatures. You well, know? and they've got those, you know, the document folders that you can ship with, too, that are pretty handy at those, you know, post, not the post office, but those other services out there, the printer shops and things that, that have the FedEx and UPS, you know, whatever you got to do, get those things sent in because that, really those are legal documents. If you've collected signatures and people intended to be included on the initiative, we need to be, and the reason why I don't have the address right in front of me is because I already sent my initiatives off. So, yeah, you know, big but, time. Yeah. Because it's a 
legal document really that you had other people sign and we need to make sure we get all those valid signatures turned in so that those citizens can have their voice heard. That's their first amendment right that you're holding in your hand that needs to be turned in by like today. Yep. So you betcha, man. Got to get them mailed off. All right. So that'll help us deal with the tyrants because <laughs> that's what a lot of those initiatives are about is the tyrants in Olympia that are taxing us to death, that have created right. policies that has allowed criminal behavior to run rampant. The taxes and the tyrants want to charge us more because we're running late for our second job. <laughs> no kidding, man. <laughs> you got the story on that one, don't you? Uh, yes, I do. And as a matter of fact, I mean, kind of, sort of, in a nutshell, ladies and gentlemen, the city is indicating at this point, specifically the city council, under the leadership of Brian Beggs, the council president, is basically making an announcement that starting next year, folks, all of the intersection red light cameras, as well as the school zone radar cameras. And parks, yeah are more than likely going to double next year. They're going to double the amount of cameras. And, and that's massive because there's been some problems with those there cameras. Has. And basically, my understanding is that if you have a complaint because you know the school was out that day and you were on your way to work after dropping your kids off at grandma's house because there was no school, you're still getting that infraction. You're still paying and the courts don't care because even though you know there's no school and there's no kids at the school, if that little blinky thing's going off, they're sending you a big bill. Yep, that is absolutely correct. And according to the judiciary, if you will, and I, I personally have an experience with this as a council rep representing a constituent who ended up getting nailed on a non-school day, okay? Right. What the judge basically ruled is, look, man, that is a lawful traffic signal, whether the school is in or not, and you have to obey your traffic signal. Right, because you might be late to work because you had to go to grandma's house to drop the kids off because there was no school that day and you know you're trying to be a common sense citizen you know there's no school that's right why would you get an infraction when all the kids are not going to be there that's right so that's right. um and you know, you know the, common sense doesn't dictate though dictators do <laughs> there you go that, like that's that. the thing common sense doesn't dictate dictators do and the judges don't care it's about the revenue it's about the money has nothing to do with safety if it had something to do with safety if you had multiple repeat offenders the the price tag would go up yep you betcha man but they're not that's they're not what it is it's just about the money and of course there's been other problems beyond that you know the placement of the signage the way that they monitor the the systems where the you actually physically have to stop okay right right before the stop line don't encroach on the crosswalk because right. if you do you just pass the stop line i even heard and you're going to get nailed I, I was actually in a hearing room and i heard a judge tell someone that was contesting their red light ticket that yes you stop before the crosswalk but there's a stop line there and they said uh, no if you look at the video there's no stop line there and he says it doesn't matter if the stop line is visible or not. There's still a stop line. So if you're talking about winter driving, you slide past that where the stop line might be underneath the snow and ice. That's right. Even if even if there is no snow and ice, you stop, even if it's safely before the crosswalk, if you encroach it to the point where you're that three feet or whatever it is from that sidewalk crosswalk line, they're going to get you and they don't care. It's they don't the care. You're absolutely correct, man. As a matter of fact, you know, the, the camera program, if you will, and what, the last time that we were talking about cameras couple of years ago, Tim, there had to have been roughly about eight to 10 of these red light cameras around Spokane, predominantly downtown. And we're talking about 
last this year 2022 that particular program brought in no 2021 that was the previous year 2021 yes that program brought in 4.2 million bucks 4.2 million bucks and that's last year yeah the pandemic was still kind of on right so you know you were looking at this year they're going to extract even more now i'm totally on the side of public safety i don't want children speeding or children injured in school zones i don't want people speeding through school zones think that safety is important but the focus should be safety mike that is absolutely correct i mean you know i i ended up giving an interview to the spokesman review for this particular article here again the article is dated december 12th and it is part of the weekly expose entitled getting there and you know even though i really laid it out for the reporter all i got was like one sentence and that one sentence was hey i know this to be a money grab a lot of the uh, general public uh, believes it to be a money grab there are definitely problems inherent with the program with the placement of the cameras versus the sign versus the blanket lights well, and, 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 and the stop the sign, line right. and you know well if it the, says the when the lights of, are flashing but yeah. but you're used to also when children are present if there's nobody around the lights are flashing you don't see any crossing guards which is very common actually on the nevada one that i've seen where it's like i don't know why they're slowing down traffic yeah. i don't see any kids there's no crossing guards i go all the way through the thing you're like this is kind of weird is there even school today i don't know <laughs> and so you know lots of people are being nailed and that is money grab but we got to take a break we're going to be right back with more about the taxes and the tyrants don't go anywhere to our Spokane area veterans and their families, if you haven't checked out the Hilliard Veterans of Foreign Wars Post 1474, located at Diamond and Regal Street in Spokane, you gotta be there or be square. The Hilliard VFW is there to assist you and yours with all your VA questions. Give them a call at 487-3784. Weekly bingo, cards, bowling, dart tournaments, and meal specials are just a few more things that the Hilliard VFW offers. Stop on by, give them a call, 487-3784. A lot of your beef comes from Brazil, Africa, and <clears throat> China. Bet you didn't know that. The Spokane County cattlemen know that, and they are the ones advocating for country of origin labeling on the meat that we buy and feed to our families. Find them on Facebook right now. That burger you just got at your favorite drive through has over a thousand different DNAs in it. Well, you may want to consider buying from local producers. And in other words, folks, buy locally. The Spokane County Cattlemen are on Facebook and are there to advocate for you, educate and inform you on what's happening in the global and local meat industry. With today's Corona-controlled society, the shopping restrictions and possible rationing, making sure that your family doesn't experience food insecurities should be our top priority. You can do your part. Be secure. Buy from local growers and producers. The Spokane County Cattlemen know this and are here to help you. Find them on Facebook right now. And welcome back from the break, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for rejoining Mike and Tim on Taxes, Tyrants, and Tinsel. This Tuesday episode here on Right Spokane. Now, now is the Tinsel, the Tinsel, it's Tinsel. I think the Tinsel is, you know, flowing around downtown all over the place. And we're not talking about the, you know, the drive-by shootings and the robberies and the uh, stabbings and all the other things going on. We're talking about money, right? All the money that gets spent. And, you know, we've got another tax coming up, not the tax of, you know, your car driving too fast or, you know, a couple of miles an hour beyond a speed limit where they're going to extract money from you, even though there's no children around, or, you know, you're on your way to your second job because you're trying to live in the highest 
taxing county and the highest taxing city in eastern Washington of Spokane. So you got to make it to that second and third job. Drive slower. They're going to tax you some more, man. Oh, I'm telling you. That's what they're doing. So it's going to be probably $6 million next year. If they end up doubling the amount of speed cameras, it'll be, you know, $8 million. They they might actually make it to where no one can afford to live here except for in their cars. And (laughs) you'll have to make sure you drive slow because... You know, it's just the, the amount of money they're extracting from citizens. Now, no, no kidding, man. And I, now, you know, I'm all in favor of public safety, but Mike, if if what if you're speeding through a school zone and there's a heroin addict shooting up heroin in the school zone, who's going to get busted first? Oh, that's right, you that's on right. your way to work while you pay for all the subsidies for the heroin addict on the sidewalk. Yep, and you know, last time we checked, folks, tickets for the red light camera violation started at roughly about 124, 125 bucks. And for the speed camera program, the minimum where it starts was $234. And I believe and those, it goes up yeah, depending upon there. how fast you end up getting clocked. Well, and I believe they were talking about raising those as well. Uh, you know, I would imagine. Inflation. I'd imagine. Inflation. So it's all about the dollar. We're in this free range prison where all the people that can afford to pay the government their extortion fees, I mean, their penalty f- fines. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. They call them fines. So, you know, if you want to stay free, you got to pay your fines. But everybody else that refu- refuses to follow the law and pay their fines in other portions of life, like people that do open drug use, of course, that's legal now. You can do that. Um, <laughs> you know, you can talk to children about inappropriate things like the public schools are doing, and that's okay now, too. But we're going to have a new jail. I don't know who they're going to put in it yet because I'm seeing a jail that has a revolving door. Of course, this is a huge topic, this tax for a new jail. And for me, you know, Mike, I've been talking on this radio program about the need for a new jail, I think for seven years. Oh, yeah. And and I've been talking about it in the general public for a dozen. Oh, yeah. You no know, doubt about it, man. And, and it's actually been 25 years that they should have already been planning for a new jail. But the That's problem right. with that, Mike, is that they couldn't, get the citizens to talk about a new jail because crime rates were were not a problem crime rates are a huge problem we've i mean the crime that we see every time you pull, grab a newspaper every time you see the news there's another stabbing another robbery another person that was you know, assaulted on a street corner by a random, random right, acts of right, violence. Right. This isn't and you know, just the, crimes. The, this isn't just gang violence right. either in crimes. There's roaming teenagers out there sure. robbing people downtown. Sure. There's, you know, the thugs, the supposed homeless individuals. Right. And I'm telling you something, the most ungodly thing about what we're talking about right now, Tim, is the degradation, the decline has happened since COVID. We're only talking a handful, couple of years. We're not talking about a generational decline. We're talking about almost overnight. Well, the decline's been exponentially worse in the last few years. And a lot of that isn't just COVID. The police's hands being tied, having to do with the Blake decision and, you know, lots of bad legislation by the lunatics in the legislature in Washington. But when we're looking at paying for a new jail, one of the things that burns me, we've been talking about it for a dozen years. Yes. And on this show for at least seven, and people in the community knew it. They were talking about shortages in facilities. They they actually had to retrofit rooms in the current county jail to try to increase capacity like, I don't know, 
15 years ago. Yeah. Something like that. Yep. Then there was overcrowding. There was safety issues. There's, there's all sorts of reporting that's gone on. But during that time, did the government try to do anything to approach the problem? No. What the government did is said, no, I know the citizens doesn't want Joe Albee torn down and you don't want Joe Albee downtown, but we're going to do it anyways. We're going to spend that 25 million. Could we build schools for less than $90 million a piece? Probably. Oh, yeah. Could we maybe not have a $50 million stadium downtown for uh, runners and concerts? Soccer oh, maybe, players. <laughs> maybe. You know, we, there, we've done all sorts of different things with public dollars mm-hmm. that actually are not in the Constitution or even the charters that are the mandatory function of government, which is public safety, which is keeping our streets safe, putting criminals in jail. When you see people out there being assaulted, or I saw a Facebook post actually just the other day of somebody's, their house was actually driven into oh. by a multiple time drunk driver, no license, you know, all this 90 some thousand dollars damage, you know, insurance premiums increase, huge inconvenience for the family, criminal out of jail in less than 24 hours, zero dollars paid. Wow. So that we, people want accountability. So putting a new jail in, sure, if they're going to be held accountable, Washington state law tells me that they're probably not going to hold anyone accountable. If anything, they're going to put the people that don't pay their red light camera tickets. Because right? <laughs> so, that's who these tyrants are now. Oh my goodness. You were actually saying something like a pauper's prison. <laughs> well, you know, probably, I mean, they, it seems like they care more about, revenue than they do dealing with problems. I mean, look at what's gone on with Camp Dope. Look what's gone on with our city streets and and the public safety, you know, trying to get law enforcement hired. You know, they care more about electric cars than they do having patrol vehicles. So police officers have the equipment they need to go out and patrol. Right. So, you know, we've, we've struggled with how to actually operate a government here in Spokane and in Washington. And so now where they're talking about a new jail, I don't know how much you've read into this new jail proposal, Mike. I haven't. Uh, uh, all I am saying at this particular point about the new jail is I'm sure that sometime between now and the next 30 days or so, we're going to be able to land a county commissioner to come on into the studio and sit down and explain their position at this particular well, well and, and basically the position right now in the newspaper was that according to josh kearns he, this is in quotes we have to stop the revolving door of folks that are coming into the criminal justice system many progressives oppose the new jail of course obviously the new two the two new county commissioners oppose it and i think one of their statements on opposing it is pretty good in the fact that this new sales tax that is being put on the ballot there's no apparent plan on how it's going to be used, as far as I know. Right. Now, the reporting could be hiding it, you know, kind of like other things reporting has been hiding over the last several years, right? It's fake news, right? Yeah. So maybe there is a, a plan, but one of the things that interests me about this is I think voters need to know where municipal governments stand because according to the news reporting on this, 60% goes to the county and the remaining 40% of the revenue. Now we're talking about a 0.2% sales tax, right? Mm-hmm. So 0.2% sales tax would collect about $30 million in 2024 and over 12 years, the tax would bring in roughly $450 million. So it's a 12-year-long tax. Well, it, it just says over 12 years. I mean, no, Mike, it's a tax. They never go away. <laughs> I've never seen, have you ever, I've never seen taxes go away. So 60, and that's the thing we have to think about it. These taxes, what are the schools going to want? 
I mean, there's so many more things. They're always coming back for more and more and more money. Yeah, as a matter um, of fact, I mean, that's another thing we voters have to look forward to next year, maybe. Right? The school's already announced they're coming after us for more buildings. Right. Yeah, at $90 million a school. Come on, build a school. All those open spaces, all, does it have to be that fancy? We're talking about a position where people are being forced out of their housing because they can't afford it. They're working two and three jobs. Right. We got inflationary problems. You got interest rates going up, the housing market, people are talking about that could be problematic here real soon. Oh, yeah. And it's been a problem already, obviously, for people that would like to buy a house because who can afford to buy a two-bedroom house for $300,000? Right. You know, so any house, so the 60% goes to the county, the remaining 40% would go to the municipal areas in the district. And what I would like to see is what is the 40% going to get used for? Because if it's going to fund more Camp Dopes, I don't want anything to do with this thing. If they're going to dedicate the funding, the municipal governments, like don't just take in the money and say, oh, it's general fund money. No, this money needs to be dedicated specifically to getting the people that are screaming at you when you're driving down the street and you don't know who this person is or, or they're screaming at the sky. Right. Or they're like you said earlier, having conversations with the six other people that aren't there. Right. We need to be doing something about this. Oh yeah. You right? bet. At, at all levels of government. And that's what people have wanted for a long time, but instead they've increased our taxes for everything else. So, and I can't agree to a tax until I see every single last penny not like the pot money not like the money for the schools that was actually for joe albie that was actually to move it and uh, even though the voters didn't want it moved i want every single penny to go to cleaning up our streets not padding the program for nonprofits to go out there and hold the hands of heroin addicts and find more ways to get them fentanyl right i want to see crime reduction i want us to see spokane not turning into seattle or chicago yes absolutely man i'm telling you and you know it's my understanding that there may very well be a mental health component that gets included in this too because as you well know like you said and the article indicates that the liberals are not too high up on incarceration in general they would much rather deal through you know the community building the community diversion well, well of course they would because they're little leftist buddies and they're kids that are totally unemployable can sit there and play video games at a help desk waiting for this crazy person to walk in the door and start <laughs> yes. screaming profanities at them. That's not going to happen. They're wandering the streets and oh, okay. So once a month we go out and survey people that are talking to themselves. Big deal. Yeah, right. Big deal. So it's a ton of money that gets pumped into their friends, which ends up getting put into Democrat campaigns and it also creates boots on the ground for, for politicians. That's the game that's been played. I'm sick of our public safety dollars being used for politics. It needs to be used for public safety. And I don't think I'm the only one that notices that. Yeah. I think it's pretty obvious at this point with what we've seen happen. And I know tomorrow's show, we got to talk about some stuff because there's a judge that really needs to probably read the constitution <laughs> that we got to talk about and we got a government that maybe needs to defy this judge's rulings you know we see the left doing this all the time where they just defy the rule of the courts yeah for political means for certain outcomes they'll go against what they say they know the constitution says i think that we've got situations where courts and people are saying oh that's unconstitutional um which constitution are they reading yeah you bet and you know obviously since the sheriff is recognized constitutionally as the highest 
highest ranking law enforcement individual in the county. How is it that a judge can go ahead and ban that individual from Camp Dope? From a or property. The, or the city of Spokane ended up getting banned too right. from Camp Dope. Yeah, so there's a restraining order against the city of Spokane Police department and chief and the sheriff from a place where we know there is criminal activity going on how do you how do you ban law enforcement from a location where we know there's probably the highest percentage per capita of criminal activity in the surrounding area so dude all you got to do is cast a gaze to the democrat controlled state legislature well i think this judge has made a criminal decision and i think it's getting it's very very cold outside and and we're going to see a couple nights here that are deathly cold and i think that judge should be held accountable for any drug addicts that die yeah or, or homeless people that die for that matter because what's going on and and we got some more reporting for uh tomorrow but yeah it's it's out of control so the other thing we can do is pass in those initiatives because we got to hold government under our thumb because we shouldn't be under their thumb anymore that's right all of that being said one more time ladies and gentlemen let's go wa.com please log on to let's go wa.com figure out where you need to be sending those 11 initiatives and get them out the door and get them over there either overnight or second day air ladies and gentlemen all of that being said mike and tim are out of here today we'll be back at you and in your face again tomorrow bye-bye